This episode of Edge of URC podcast, it's going to be a little different. You know, usually I have a, a guest on, we talk some sports, we talk some life, we talk travels, we talk, you know, all kinds of stuff. This episode is going to be a little different. I'm not going to have a guest. It's just going to be me and hopefully my friend. On Friday, a few days ago, today's Tuesday, the life of Charles Rowe, 29 years old, was taken I'm not trying to sound like a, a journalist, but uh, got into a car accident, lost his life, and I just wanted to kind of have a, a tribute podcast for my friend Charles. I called him Chuck. He's about five years younger than me. I looked at him as a little brother when I was younger. I mean, I lived by him. Um, lots of lots of friends. His brother, really good friend of mine back in the day. And Chuck was always around. You know, I got to know him really, really, really well. And I just wanted to have a show for him. So here we go. Sorry, this I'm not going to keep this dreary. I just didn't know how to start this. So I'm going to keep it real, too. I'm not going to edit any of this. So no guests, no interviews. I know we're in the thick of playoff basketball. I'm not going to do any sports updates. This is for Chuck. For Charles Rowe. I don't even know where to start. I mean, uh, his family moved to Chicago when I might have been a junior in high school, maybe second semester, because I don't remember if they were at the old Mendota High School, and it wouldn't even been him, it would have been his brother, is a couple years younger than me, and Chuck is five years younger. But anyway, I met him through his brother, and he was just always that little dude. He was a goofball. He was always smiling, but always like a mis mischievous <laughs> all the time. I remember when we were in high school, like, man, I kind of want to beat this dude up. But at the same time, I just want to give him a hug and, and toss him a cigarette or a beer, whatever we were doing. <laughs> I can't lie, when we were in high school, I mean, we didn't really care. We smoked cigarettes, we drank beer, we did all that stuff. We were the, the party group, did whatever we kind of really wanted to. I can't lie, I mean, that's my past, that's, that's who I was. And Chuck watched us all grow up. Like I said, he's five years younger than me. I was one of the oldest, you know, we had a group of, man, I can't even tell you how many deep we went. Every other occasion or day at school, I mean, there'd be 10 of us, 15 of us, five of us, always a big group of friends that we had around. And Chuck was always lively, even though he was one of the youngest or the youngest, he was always kind of like the life of the party. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm just thinking about his smile and just being goofy. I remember he one time <laughs> I was sitting on the porch and he like jumped over me, like kind of like curled my head and he landed and he, <laughs> it was before I was bald, I had hair. <laughs> and he jumped over me and he's like, man, if you would have been a half inch taller, that could have really hurt. <laughs> and the way he said it and just the way he looked at me, like, eh. Hey. <laughs> It was, man, I'll never forget that. And we had a lot of, a lot of, lot of great moments. I mean, uh, when the dark night came out, we went to the, we went to the drive, the drive-in, almost to the drive-thru. We went to the drive-in and it was me and somebody in the passenger seat. I don't even remember who it was. And we had like four people in the back underneath blankets. So they didn't have to pay to get in. And there was like two cases of beer. Everybody was packed in in the back underneath blankets, Chuck gets out, throws me a beer, and he's like, 
Atta boy, we got in. <laughs> I'll never remember him saying that. I'll never forget his face when he said that. He's just a genuinely good dude. I mean, I can't think, and that's why I just took that second. Trying to think of just something where, like, I was mad at him or saw somebody else mad at him. Like I said, I was around his family, his friends. Like, we were around all the time. I can't remember anybody just upright mad at Charles. Sure, he did stupid stuff, stole from his brother, stole from his mom, you know, stuff like that. Never could really, like, be mad at him. Just the way he smiled and the way he, like, like, eh. <laughs> like, I keep doing that, but that's kind of how he was. He would just, like, shrug his shoulders, tilt his head away, and, like, eh. You know, it is what it is. Like, it was me. <laughs> and you got to know that and love that about Chuck. Like, all the time. I remember one time, okay, I was sort of mad, but not really mad, because it was Chuck. I let him, so he lived upstairs from me, and I don't think I was doing anything, I was chilling, it was, it was like 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning, he asked to borrow my blazer. I'm like, for what, Chuck? And he's like, oh, you know, I gotta, I'm gonna go over here. I knew where he was going, he was going to a girl's house and at least pick her up. I'm like, so you want to use my truck? He's like, come on, man. <laughs> so I had to I let him have the keys I was like just make sure it comes back in one piece and it did he had fun he was telling me stories of what had happened and things like that he had a good time didn't get back till like 5, 6 o'clock in the morning but I was sleeping by that time my keys were right by the door they were just sitting there I seen him the next day and he was like hey thanks man I really appreciate that I went and checked my ride everything was kind of how I left it nothing was messed up I was like, all right, cool, no problems. I think I let him take it a couple times after that. I mean, he didn't do it any harm, so why not? And he was always appreciative. I think he bought me a couple beers every single time that I let him take my ride. Or it gave me like a dollar so I could do something, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. And there was one time, there was like 10 of us out in the country. Just on a country road, just chilling. <laughs> and he was... He was talking to a girl, and me and another friend were sitting in the car, and they were kissing or, or doing something, and we heard him say, hey, don't turn on the lights. So me and the friend look at each other and like, shall we? Yeah. So we turned on <laughs> the lights and scared the living heck out of Chuck and this girl. It was hilarious. They both jumped and started running. I don't know if there was clothes on everybody, but <laughs> it was so funny. I'll never forget us doing that, that's for sure. But it was just the spirit. I mean, I want to put some photos with this podcast. And it was just this cool spirit. I mean, down to do whatever. Like, not just party, not just, you know, mess with girls, do stuff like that. He, You want to go climbing to a, a cave, to, you know, whatever. You want to go fishing, ride a motorcycle, you know, whatever. You're going to look at these photos and there's just stuff of him doing whatever. I mean, I never heard him say this, but you could tell that he just loved life. Like he liked being able to do whatever, whenever he wanted to, and have the ability to do it. And that's one thing I'll never forget about him, ever. Whatever you were saying, like, hey, you want to go play some basketball? Nah, I don't know about playing, but I'll go. <laughs> just stuff like that. He was always down for the moment to be, you know, with his friends, his family, and, and just have a good time. My sister and I are three years apart, 
and we know some of the same people, but we never hung out with the, like, she really couldn't call my friends her friends, and I can't do the same with hers. But there was one. There was one dude at her wedding that I sat there and talked to probably for like two hours and had a couple drinks with, and it was just good to see him because I hadn't seen him in a little bit. And that was Chuck. That was Chuck. Just sitting there, he comes over to me, I didn't see him, puts his arm around me, and he's like, B, <laughs> how's it going, man? And I just looked at him like, bro, little bro, like, what are you doing at my little sister's wedding? Because he was friends with my sister and her now husband. Because he's friends with everybody. I, again, can't think of one person. And he, he did have, he does, have two children. He wasn't with their mothers. Maybe those are two people that can say they didn't like Chuck at a certain time. But I know when they heard when he passed away on Friday in a car accident memorial that they either shed a tear or were upset just a little bit because they knew a good dude died. Did he always make the right decisions? No. Do I always make the right decisions? No. Did Kobe Bryant always make the right decisions? No. Has anybody that has ever stepped foot on this planet ever made the right decisions every single moment? No. If you believe in God, that's one. That's it. That's it. 99.8% of people on this planet that met Chuck cannot say more than a couple bad words about him. And I can't think of one person that is completely happy that he is no longer with us. Because that's just not who he was. He was too much of a good dude to have anybody think of him like that. You needed to smile, you hung around with Chuck. Chuck would make you smile. Now, I like to say the same about myself, but I can be serious. I can be kind of rude sometimes. I don't really remember Chuck being like that ever. Ever. And he never really had an ego either. Like, you know, as, as human beings, we can do everything. We can, we're Superman, you know, stuff like that. Chuck never really acted like that. Or if you needed help with something, like, you can't ask. I'm not saying Chuck never, you know, didn't like, hey, I don't want to ask or nothing like that. But if he needed, you know, help with something, needed to borrow a blazer to, to go pick somebody up or whatever, he was just a normal dude about it. And he was just super cool and like, hey, I'll get you back somehow. And then he did. And then you were friends. And that's how it went. I'll never forget, dude. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. I, I actually pushed this podcast off for quite a few days because I didn't know what to say. I didn't know, hey, should I do... A show for Chuck. Should I talk about Chuck even at all? Should I, you know, mix him in with sports and stuff like that? But he really wasn't a sports guy. He really wasn't. I mean, he, he really didn't play basketball unless, you know, we made him get on the court. He played bags. <laughs> stuff like that. Beer pong. So it wouldn't have been right to do that. And I know people have been getting together and, and doing stuff for Chuck, and that's awesome. That is very awesome because, you know, if something would happen to any of us or any of his friends, that's what he would do. No doubt. He was definitely down to be with everybody, celebrate life, things like that. I just, uh, I kind of had a, a rough time with it this time, so I kind of kept to myself and, uh, you know, battled through it at work and kind of pushed podcasts to the side for a few days and, and gathered thoughts. But even though I'm not around people while they're, you know, celebrating Chuck and, and mourning 
it's not that I didn't care. It's not that I don't want to be around. It's just I'm trying to, uh, you know, keep my head. You know, we all grieve differently. And I've, I've done the deal where your best friends or your brothers or your sisters. And unfortunately, I've lost all. I've lost grandparents. I've every single kind of relation that you can think of that you could lose, I have lost. And throughout the time, I have went in on binges and, and things like that, and it never came out good. Never, ever, ever. So this time around, I gather my thoughts, do this the way that should handle death, since you never know when somebody's gonna be taken, that you truly enjoy knowing, glad that they were in your life, and that you love. I mean, I, know, I don't know, I probably told Chuck I love him, I probably have. I tell my friends all the time, you know, I love him man. So I'm pretty sure I had. Been a little while since I seen him, about four or five months ago. No, it was longer than that. Maybe about a year ago. It was like three o'clock in the morning. I had just come back to the area, to Illinois. He calls me up, he's like, hey man, I need to jump. I'm trying to take my friend home. I can't go nowhere. It's not working. Any way you can help me out. I put on some pajama pants, <laughs> threw on some house shoes, I think, and went and helped my friend out. Jumped his ride, and then when it wasn't happening, or actually, I think, I was like, hey, man, it's late. I'm going that way anyway. I can give your friend a ride. It was a mutual friend, mutual friend. So I gave him a ride home. The next day, he texted me. He's like, bro, I really appreciate the help. Anytime, anytime, anytime. I'm trying to think if I've seen him after that. I think I've seen him a couple times in passing, like in a store or at a gas station. And we talk every time, catch up, how's it going, how's life? He wasn't one of those people that, you know, got mad that you haven't hit him up or he understood life's life and we're all doing our own thing and, and things like that. I really wish I would have hit him up more now, but you know, that's gonna happen every time somebody passes because he didn't know they were gonna pass. 29 years old. Nobody's thinking that that's going to happen to a 29-year-old. 6.30 in the morning, rolled his vehicle seven times and was ejected. You don't wake up and they're like, hey, I'm going to hear this about somebody and think it's your friend. I was actually at work. I work at a bank. And two of the tellers were talking about this car accident. And they seen a record and, you know, seen that this somebody had been thrown out of the car. I didn't think anything of it. I was just like, man, sorry that happened to, sorry that happened to whoever. You know, that's really, really sad. About a half hour later, I got a text message saying, hey man, Chuck passed. Instantly, instantly. Like, no, nah, come on, this, this can't be right. No way, you just never know. You just never know. I want to go back to some phone moments. I didn't mean to get into that dark spiral. <laughs> he was funny, but he wasn't like stand-up comedy funny. He was just like sarcastic witty. And nobody would ever say that he's like Einstein or, you know, the most intelligent brain surgeon. Nothing like that. But he was intelligent. No doubt about it. He was quick with it when he wanted to be, but he was just so laid back and so humble and so just not to himself, like he was always joking around and stuff, but 
it was just, it was like, not even one-liners, just like slight bombs. Like, he would just say some crazy stuff out of nowhere, caught, and it caught you off guard. That's what it was. It was just the slyness of how he would drop things or say things that would just make you smile and be like, did that just come from you? <laughs> Seriously. Just out of nowhere. I'm trying to think of some examples when I'm talking about this. They're like all kind of whirling in my in my brain all together. <laughs> Man. And it's very unfortunate that he passed, obviously. I mean, there's some mourning going around this area. And not only this area, you know, I got, he's got family outside of here from the Chicago area, stuff like that. But I don't think you can think about Chuck without smiling because he would be too. Sure, he would shed tears and stuff like that when somebody he loved or, or knew really well passed, which had happened to him too. But you can always smile when you're talking about Charles Grill, even in the darkest of times. And that's one thing that I'm always going to remember, how he made me smile, how we could laugh together, and how life was always good with Chuck. There's only a few people in my life that I can never say, like, hey, I never had a bad thought towards. He's definitely one of them. He's definitely one of them. And it's not even, like, bad and crazy negative. But, I mean, even when you're around people for a long time, you're like, man, I can't believe they did that. Or why would they do that? And not even say it to them and not even let it bother you. But just think that just for a second. Like, why did that person say this or do that or, man... Can I still be friends with them? Stuff like that. We all go through that, especially growing up. Not once did I ever think that about Chuck. He's everybody's little brother. Everybody that's older, we all call him a little brother because that's the kind of dude he was. He was all just a fun, loving dude. Just loved life and wanted to have fun. I just wanted to thank all of you for taking the time to, to go down memory road with me about a good friend. And I know all of you have a friend or family member that you've lost or something like that. It hurts really bad. So now you, obviously you know how other people are feeling right now, what's going on. And unfortunately it happens to somebody every day. Every day that we go through, somebody is losing somebody that means something to them. Maybe some more than others. Some friends that are just acquaintances, some friends that are like brothers, family members that are acquaintances, family members of people that you never wanted to live without. Unfortunately, it happens every day. Like I said earlier, I wish I would have reached out more. You know, we do have good memories, and I'm glad that we do. We could have had more, just like everybody else. And just like everybody else, you know you can have more good memories with somebody. So I'm going to try to reach out to people that I should reach out to and that I want in my life on a regular basis more often. And hopefully you do too. You never know when it's over. When your life's over, when their life's over, when life just separates without even death. You don't know if you're going to get the best job offer of your life in another state that you're not going to see the people that are in your daily circle right now. You don't know if you're going to see them again. You have no idea. No idea what's going to happen. And I know it's kind of cliche. Everybody says stuff like that, but it's serious. It is really serious. It's not something that somebody should tell you when you just let go in one ear and out the other. 
you never, ever really know what's going to happen. I want to give my shout out, my sympathies to Charles Rose family, his mom, his brother, his family that I've never met. Definitely have my thoughts are with you in this time of need for you guys. So thank you, Chuck, for being my friend, my little brother, and somebody that I always enjoy being around. I really appreciate that. I wish I had that blazer still. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. <laughs> it might make me break down if I saw it, but thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Edge of Your Seat Podcast will be back with regular shows, interviews, sports, movies, TV, games, anything else that we want to talk about, traveling, food, anything. I love talking about it all. We will be back hopefully tomorrow with another show. I just wanted to get this out for my friend, for me to help me kind of think things through a little more clear and to throw a tribute to somebody that really meant something to a lot of people's lives. So, rest in peace, Chuck, Charles Rowe, and I love you, man.